T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guys, welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? Richard. What's happening upstate? That's right, guys. We got Richard Hoskins, the professor himself. Hot Rods and Happy Hour resident, resident, not resident, resident financial analyst and numbers guru himself. We got Hot Rod. Yes, sir. Playing on the interwebs. I am. That's him. That's me. I tell you what. You know, it's been a good week, and I've thought about something. What have you thought about, sir? Well, it came to me in a dream, and I watched Smokey and the Bandit before I fell asleep, so that's probably why it was in my dream. I'd make a damn good Burt Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. I've got Burt Reynolds syndrome. I, I could be a snowman. I'm, I'm kind of a show-off a little bit. No, not you. And you never wear a hat, though. No, yeah. I got good hair, though. That's so, true. That's true. you know what I'm saying. And, I mean, Sally Field, back then... You know, she was kind of hot. Old I mean, frog. she was cute. Old frog. I, I think I could play a good Jackie Gleason. You would be a good Jackie Gleason. You'd be a good Jackie Gleason. Better uh, uh, snowman. Uh, well, you got snowman over there, Richard. Yeah. Rich, Richard's Richard snowman. I can drive a truck. <laughs> I, I, I could see him coming out of the bar. How'd you do? I do get, usual. I, I do get my ass kicked in a bar quite frequently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. but you know that's the thing that's, that's cool about it though is there's one thing that's prevalent through the whole movie. Yes, there is actually. Pontiacs. Mm-hmm. They run and rampant. Rampant. I want to tell you something. When they came up with this movie, I'm pretty sure the nice people at Pontiac gave them lots of cars. Because you notice all the SWAT cars were Pontiacs mainly. There were some Dodge Monaco's and things like that in there. But there was a lot. Oh, those are all Bonnevilles, weren't they? Or, uh, that would be, what was it, Parisian? Parisians, Parisians I, I think, were Parisians. bigger than Bonnevilles. I, I think they would have been a Le Mans, because bon, bon, yeah, Bonnevilles Le Mans. and Parisians were full-size cars. Okay, yeah. yeah so that's not to say there weren't any in it. But there were a ton of Pontiacs in it. And, of course, you had the star car, which was a 77 Trans Am. Yeah. And that got me thinking about Pontiacs. You know, Pontiacs get forgotten about. It's like the forgotten car. Because, I mean, GM's forgot about them, obviously, now since they killed the brand. But that's, I don't know. I love these cars. It's I mean, I, like, I love cool Pontiacs. Car. It is a cool car. Like, I mean, you know, one of my, my, my first car was a Trans Am. I mean, I love Pontiacs. I mean, it was always the classy car. I mean, you had a Camaro or you could have had a Trans Am with yeah. hideaway headlights in it, you know, in the later years and things like that. And, I mean, you know, but there's so many more cool cars than Trans Ams. Yeah, there are. Um, I mean, the Trans Am is obviously the crown jewel. It is the crown jewel, and there's been many cool Trans Ams. But how about further back than that? I mean, like me and Richard were talking outside earlier. I mean, thinking about, how about the like, the 57 Bonneville? 57 Bonneville was, I mean, that was a gentleman's muscle car before muscle cars were a thing. Thing. Well, you know, think about it. I mean, you know, big horsepower. I mean, they had the mechanical fuel injection on. I mean, I'll be honest with you, a Chevrolet was an economy car. Yeah. And the Pontiac was basically a step down from a Cadillac. Yeah. And I mean, that's 
It's a cool car, and they're beautiful cars. It was the kind of car that you would buy before you were ready for a Cadillac. That's right. It's the step <laughs> before the Cadillac. It is. Well, you know, Pontiac's always been a great brand, though. They they were introduced by General Motors in 1926. 1926. I mean, and they went all the way up to, what was it, 2007? Uh, nine and 2010. 2010, yeah. Well, yeah, most of the 2010s, like, they made, like, eight of. Yeah. Um, so, really, full model year 2009. That's, that's sad. The so, brand that's been around. There are eight 2010 Pontiac Solstices. Really? hmm They started making the 2010s, and then they said, Cut it out, guys. We're done. Well, like what? The first hour? I <laughs> guess. They made eight of them. You know? I guess. Yeah, just stop at lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? We're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> just go home. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're all fired. But, but I mean, and the thing is, like, GM has just killed a brand. You know, like, it's, it's gone. They did it with Pontiac and they did it with Saturn. They started making great cars and then they just. Well, Saturn, heads. I can understand Saturn a little bit oh, because yeah, they, they were kind of off in left field. Yeah, they didn't have the heritage or the reputation. But, but look at Oldsmobile and Pontiac. And I'll be honest with you, they were riding on Chevrolet's coattails because everything Chevrolet made, they just made an Oldsmobile version of it or a Pontiac version of it. By the end, yeah. But, I mean, more or less. So what was it really hurting keeping them around? I mean, I would say nothing other than potentially a dealer network. But yeah, well, that's sitting, another thing. It kills dealers. Sitting still there, except now it's instead of sitting Buick Pontiac, Pontiac GMC, GMC truck, truck, it's Buick and it's GMC trucks. <laughs> sitting Buick GMC truck. Well, I mean, they don't have this. Well, first, their commercial sounds dumb now. Yeah. It does. Second, it's not sound right. It don't sound right. And second, you've cut half their inventory yeah, out. That's true. That's you know? true. And I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little heated. I'm a GM guy, but I'm a little heated with them killing, just killing the brand. Yeah. Um, Especially when they just, I mean, you know, by the time the Pontiac was gone, they had the G8, they had the G6. They actually weren't riding Chevy's coattails anymore. They had their own vehicles. Right. And they were pretty good. Could you imagine if they came out with a new Firebird, like the new, the fifth gen Camaro? How about a GTO again? That'd be awesome. Uh, You're never going to see a GTO again. I know. Um, Yeah. GTOs, those were really cool cars, and I'll be honest with you, I really think somebody at GM was sleeping to get that through. Yeah, no American car company is going to make a big coupe. No, it just don't sell. Mm-mm. It's a proven fact. Especially if you have, like, a, like you know, people say, why don't they make a new Chevelle? Because they make a Camaro. Exactly. <laughs> well, you're competing with yourself. Exactly. Well, that, and another thing about it is, is, is big coupes just don't sell anymore. People no. don't want that. They want a four-door car. Bigger is better. They really make another SUV. In that case, then, the Pontiac G8. That was a four-door. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That was a great car. It was a great car. It was a great car. You know? I would like to have one. My buddy Jesse's got one. He just got one. It's a pretty bad ride. I would love to have one. Yeah, G8s are pretty pretty gnarly See, uh, y'all are like the new Pontiac fans. I'm an old Poncho fan. Like, like... I could swing either way on that. You know, but the... I'll be good. So, but but like I said, I'm an old Pontiac fan. Like like when you say GTO, y'all got or well Robert especially because he's a millennial is naturally going to be drawn to the later model GTOs. But when you say GTO, first thing that pops in my head is the song by Randy and the Daytonas and the three eighty nine three deuces and a four speed. Well, well so, you know that's that's a GTO to me. No, well, my, that is a GTO. My immediate mindset of a GTO actually is triple X. You know the stacked headlights. Yeah, with this. 
missile shooting. Oh, out not of them. that. But That's that, what's wrong with no, America. No, 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 not that car, but that body style, the stacked headlight GTOs. That that's well, what I truly well, that, think of. You know, but. That's sixty six, six seventy. Well, his was a sixty seven, I believe, yeah. in triple X. But but you know what I'm saying? Those were the bigger. I'll take GTOs. the Autorada. I like seventy fours. Now you know what those are kind of cool those too. Great looking cars. Down on horsepower, yeah. horribly. But it's a '74. Yeah, everything was. Yeah, <laughs> unless you got you a '74 Super yeah, Duty. Unless you got a Super Duty, which is another thing. I mean, it's that's... super rare. But you know, like I said, the Pontiacs. You know, I think that a lot of the cool ones really kind of gotten forgot about because yeah. they're just kind of a forgotten brand. I mean, now it's like the Huntmobile. Yeah. You know, it's just forgotten. It's, oh yeah, the old Pontiacs. And everybody thinks about their and everybody's grandmother had a Parisian. And my grandmother Every, didn't. Mine had a Caprice. Of course she would. Same thing, but but you know what I mean though. But yeah. and, and they're usually funeral home gray, mm-hmm. and they got them wire wheel hubcaps on them all day long. I mean that's how it works. That's mm-hmm. how it works. I mean, but I mean, and that's the thing. I want to talk about Pontiacs today. Like I want to talk about the cool Pontiacs, the not so cool Pontiacs, and the Pontiacs that you probably hadn't thought about in a long time. Oh, there are plenty of them out there because Pontiac is a dead brand, so you overlook them now. You do. Well, you don't think about it. No, you really don't. It, it, it's kind of sad, really. It, and that happens with a lot of brands that die out. You just kind of forget about all the greats throughout. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. There's so many. I mean, Pontiac has been strong for so long. I mean, even to the end, they were kicking. And then GM pulls the plug for like no. that. And, and really, I don't understand why. I think it's going to boil down to dollars and cents. Yeah, I mean, someone who knows more than us definitely was in that. That's uh, why those guys necessarily. That's why those guys get paid the big bucks. Brand and if we want to keep getting paid, we need to catch this radio commercial. We need to catch this commercial break. We do. That's right, guys. Stay tuned. We're talking Pontiacs right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On uh, 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod. What's happening, dude? Richard. What's happening, Upstate? Man, we're talking Pontiacs. And I mean, you got to think, there were so many cool ones. And I'm not going to bore you to death through the 30s and the 40s. But they, keep in mind, even in the 40s, they actually had the straight eight Pontiacs. I mean, came up, Chevrolet had a Stove Bolt 6. So we had a straight eight in Pontiacs in the 40s. But in the 50s, that's when they started shaking it up a little bit. Uh, I think that's when Pontiac really stepped out and above their Chevrolet counterparts. Well, they did in a lot of ways, actually. But 1957 was that big year for them. The Bonneville came out. It was actually it wasn't even its own car. It was almost like an upgraded trim package mm-hmm. in 57. But it had a 347 V8. And, of course, they had mechanical Rochester fuel injection on them, which was problematic at best. But at the time, and when it ran right... It made great numbers. It's pretty cool to see the mold fuel setups, too. They're very expensive, too, now. The people, because yeah. everybody took them off, put carburetor setups on them. So it's finding them. Junked. Exactly. There's actually companies now that restore those Rochester mechanical fuel injections. That's all they do. Sounds like a pretty expensive endeavor. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. There's actually a guy in town that has a Black Widow clone, but it has a 283 fuel motor in it. So that's a pretty cool setup, I think. Yeah, the bla- it's the, old school, but the Black Widow was a fifty-seven one fifty, of course, white, white back, black front, six lug because it had the big drum brakes on it <laughs> off a pickup truck. Very cool. But anyway, so back back to the ten Indians. So now we had this Bonneville, but fifty-eight was the first year for the true Bonneville, and it even had a three seventy V eight then. 
and then you know we roll on through the '60s, and these cars got bigger and bigger, and these engines got bigger in them too. I don't, I don't, I don't think you can escape your way from the '50s without talking about the Pontiac Star Chief and the Chieftain and all those. Well, I mean, it was just all the different, you know, the different trim models of it. I mean, like they had a Safari station wagon, which was virtually a Nomad. Yeah. But these things were absolutely gorgeous. I never forget we traded for them. We traded for a '55 Safari. That thing was absolutely gorgeous. Sold it on eBay. Go figure. Well, but uh, to a, a guy at Huntington Beach, California. It was a far more stylish car, if you will, than Chevrolet. Well, it was a totally different car, too. I'll tell you something else that's crazy. You know how all the Chevrolets had the master cylinder on the firewall? Yeah. The master cylinder on this Pontiac was under the floor. Oh, that's weird. Very, very weird. Very uh, interesting. You know, the, of course, you know, it had the, the, its own V8. It was an odd yeah, V8 yeah. in it. But, I mean, like, everything was different. Nothing on it was like Chevrolet. Everything was Pontiac. And, I mean, it was so funny that from the doors back, it was virtually, you know, a nomad. But all this Pontiac stuff, everything was totally different in it. I remember this car came in. It, had, it was the original leather interior. And it had two-tone, kind of a camel and white two-tone interior in it. And power seats, power windows, power door locks in a 55 model car. Yeah, that's when they were still experimenting with all that stuff. And I mean, uh, you know, loaded up Pontiac was pretty high in car. Well, oh, yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, and, and that was the, the cool thing about it. And chrome for days. Is there any other the, way? And it had the light up Indian head. That's on the hood? Yeah. That that's awesome. so cool. I mean, you think about it now. I mean, you imagine having your hood ornament as a human head. That lights up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going <laughs> to get a hate group on right you for there, something. Buddy. Yeah, and it's an Indian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, so so now you know, but you notice they kind of got away from that there. Late '50s, I think, is when you start seeing the Indian going away, and you notice they had a new emblem. Of course, the emblem that rode out with Pontiac all the way to the end. The tri is it a trident? No, actually, it's a spearhead. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an arrowhead rather, and uh, it was the original premise of it i mean that's what it's supposed to be but it's the pontiac arrowhead but you know so we go into the 60s and you, know, you take a little mild-mannered car like the tempest and what do they do tempest they, was a technical powerhouse well yeah well you started you're talking about the power plant in the tempest yeah, the early tempest it's an aluminum 3.5 liter v8 that they still put in range rovers today which is insane you know that's the thing about range rovers range rovers are a cornucopia of parts yeah there are parts been build oh yeah absolutely all I mean, yeah i think most english cars are well majority <laughs> of them i mean they gotta they, they need all the help they can get you know but i mean they get a good thing they stick with it i'll give them that yeah but you know, so you took a little mild-mannered tempest and then what do they do 1964 rolls around something totally new and it was so cool because i know we're... i know what happened in 64 what's that a very important thing happened the GTO was born. Exactly. The GTO was born. Not my favorite year of a GTO, but still a very, very respectable I, car. I am weird. I like a 64 GTO better than I like a 64 Chevelle. Uh, yeah, well, I agree with you there. Um, not so much on the 65s, but the 64s were, like, unique, weren't they? They, mean, were, they were. They were They were. a little, just a little odd. 65s were a touch big, were, were a bigger looking car, really. Um, I don't know size wise, they just look bigger. Yeah, uh, I love a '64 GTO. I, I, you know, to me, the perfect '64 GTO is Mayflower Maze and uh, black insides, 389 and a four speed. A 389 that pumped out a whopping 325 horsepower. By exactly, the way. three deuces. Uh, but you know what the funniest thing ever? Chevrolet's 327, 300 horse without running out all day long. Oh yeah, absolutely. but it's so funny how that worked. You know, like they made more on paper. 
but the 327 would eat up every time. But and I'll tell you what's funny is I don't know about the 64 so much. And, you know, the tri-power setups, you know, on these cars, the reason they did so many multi-carb setups back in the day is they didn't have big four barrels back then. Right. So to get more CFMs, you just had to put more carburetors on it. <laughs> and, and to be honest, they didn't need that many CFMs. No, you, that, you not could, really. You, could no, tune, no. you put a Holly 600 on one and tune well, it Well, but right. they didn't have a Holly 664. Well, yeah. That's the problem. And, uh, you know, and so so that, that was the holdup with it. So now... But that, and that's how they got, you know, multiple or more CFMs is with multiple carburetors. But, you know, so the 64s and 65s, but I actually had a navy blue 65 GTO. That was a sharp car, too. But I had a 66 Montero red, red vinyl insides, four-speed bucket seat car, 389 tri-power. That was a fun car. Yeah, that's that's cool. That, that was a car really around. cool red on red, three deuces, four-speed. You couldn't tell me nothing. Till my dad's big block Chevelle rolled up. <laughs> Funniest thing ever. We're sitting on 183, or if you're not from around here, that's Pete Hollis Highway, <laughs> when they were actually building the bridge. And I think the Statue of Limitations is out. I'm not going to say the date, so I think we're good. <laughs> Me and my dad lined up his 1967 big block Chevelle 396. And this is a 396 350 horse car, so it wasn't even the highest horse. Automatic. He ate me a lot. I had to do everything I could for him just not to walk away from that little GTO. <laughs> and that right there, boys, was the beginning of the end of my Pontiac days. You didn't shut him down? No. No, no, no. No. All them songs, they, they were lying. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it, it's hard to be a bad ace in the uh, whole corporation motor world. It is. It is. I mean, the, I mean, the, and there's some, and there's guys that can make them run. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you there. But but when them big block Chevrolets roll up, yeah, oof, yeah, it's a whole new ball game. They're forced to be reckoned with, for sure. I tell you what. I tell you what else is a force to be reckoned with. See What's darn that? commercial breaks every time, buddy. Man, I tell you what, guys. I tell you, we got a lot more about Pontiacs this week. We got so much stuff. Richard's over here brewing with information. I can just see it like oh, he's man. giddy. We we haven't even left the '60s yet with Pontiacs, so there's great ones to come. That's right, guys. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming at you right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. You know what we're talking about? What are we talking about? We are talking about them 10 Indians. Oh, the old Pontiac. That's right, guys. So we left off in the 60s, the mid-60s, talking about the GTO. And I don't think for one minute that we could not talk about Pontiac performance in the 60s. I know where this is going. And not mention the GTO judge. I don't think it's possible to leave the 60s without mentioning that car. That's a sexy car. It is. They have um, the best advertisements, too. By far not my favorite GTO, but by far probably one of the sexiest. Really? Yeah. Well, keep on. You came off of that triple X crap, so you wouldn't know any better. But I, I just like the stacked headlights. I'm sorry. You but, just got a thing for Vin Diesel. Um, <laughs> even, even being that I'm a stacked headlight GTO guy, that is probably the sexiest GTO. Hideaway headlights. Uh-huh. It clicked all the right but, boxes. But, but I tell you what's weird. Now, the carousel red, that's probably the most popular judge color by far, is nice. And they made them in white, and they made them in black, but they also made them in avocado green. Mm-hmm. I have a model of one in avocado green. Actually. I love the green ones. What I think color? those are so sexy. What color were the decals? They were still orange, everything just like but on a green car. Huh, that'd be interesting. That would give us some honeycombs. Yes. Yeah, yellow and black is the, the color of the stripe. 
Is it? Yeah, it's yellow black. It's black with yellow pinstriping. Where the other ones were blue and yellow and a little bit of orange on them, maybe. Yeah, but I mean they were good looking cars, but the green cars. ones were just killer. I, li- I think I like them because you don't see them. They're oddities. It's a great color. Uh, Walt Gust used to have a regular '68 GTO in that color with black vinyl roof. Oh yeah, it was awesome. And oh. it, it was cool, man. You know the 400 cubic inch uh, was rated in those cars up to 370 horsepower. So well, I mean, you know, it was it, it was decently powered. It was decently powered in a bigger car. Keep in mind, this is the same size as, as your. 69, 70 Chevelles. These right. were big cars. And then, of course, Chevrolet had LS6s, 454s, 450 horse, yada, yada, yada. But, well, then, of course, you had your big cubic inch Buicks, too, your 455s, like yeah, your GSs. Stage ones. Yeah. The, uh, you know, so they had a little competition in the corporation. Of course, you had Joe's Bills, too. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so there was a lot. There was a lot there, but those cars were real stylish. They were just a sleek looking car with the hideaway headlights I mean, and all that. It looked like the epiphany of a muscle car. It does look. It does look like a muscle car. I, yeah, I like them a lot. When it, by the time you got to the judge, I mean the original concept behind the GTO was to be a cheap, fast car. But by the time he started loading up a GTO, it wasn't really cheap anymore. No, no, not even close. Actually, the uh, but you know the, the judge was 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 a great car. And of course, you know, we're talking in the '60s. Hey, a step back a year, well '67 rather two years. How about the Firebird? Yeah, that's got pretty much got to mention that. I mean the Firebird. It was lukewarm when it came out. I think the Camaro stole a lot of its thunder. Uh, personally, I'm not a first gen Firebird fan. To me, uh, I think the Camaro. I think that's the one generation of Camaro had a better looking car. Well, and I agree with you to an extent. Now, see, I'm a little weird when it comes to my first gen Camaros. I like a '67 better than I like a '69. Which is odd. Uh, I like. I, I like. Know. I like vent windows. Mm-hmm. I love the RS, SS, and 67 with the hideaway headlights. 68 is virtually the same car, but it doesn't have vent windows, so I don't really care for that. It's got side marker lights. Exactly. First year for federally mandated rule. All cars had side marker lights in oh. 1968. But the thing you got to think about in the 69s, I think they were just a little overkill. Like, it was just a little over the top. And I know everybody loves a 69 Camaro. My dad owns one, but they're... They just well, blow my skirt up. You know, think about it, and and somebody listening to this show is going to hate Odd Rod eternally for the statement that I make. But I look at the Tri Five Chevys the same way. Fifty five was really bland. Fifty six, they got it right, and then fifty seven was a little over the top. Well, and and in the Tri Fives, I lean the same way. But you got some people that love a fifty seven, don't care for a fifty six, and don't like a fifty five, or vice versa. You know, every, which way you could turn that. Um, so I guess that's what makes the world go around is variety. Well, if we all like the same thing, then it'd be a boring world. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, and I have no problem with We'd the all be driving 65 Malibus. <laughs> or Mustangs. Or yeah. 91 Caprices. Uh, oh, God. I just had, like, like a it's flashback. Like skeleton. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's what hell's a lot like. I'm just saying. <laughs> 91 Caprice station wagons everywhere. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Here's your keys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> firstly, you two are scratched off my Christmas list, so thank you. Um, I'll be honest with you, take whatever you were going to get me for Christmas and put it towards the new car fund. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Richard feels the same way. Absolutely. <laughs> Richard, just think. Uh, you know, with friends like this, who really needs enemies, you know? You know what? A true friend stabs you in the front. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but, the, but this was the thing, though. You know, with the, with the Firebirds, they were a little weak out of the box, in my opinion. Um, but what I really <laughs> like, and I think it came on Boy, oh, boy, what a great car they turned out to be. How about the 69 Trans Ams, though? Oh, man. 
white, blue stripes. That's a sexy car. I, I, I don't agree on the first-gen Firebird, but honestly, I will take any year Firebird over its Camaro counterpart any day of the week, every day. So even first, right out of the box. Yeah, I love the 67, 68 Firebirds. You know, you had a lot of people taking the early Firebirds and making Camaros out of them. still do. Yeah. And They're not. The, the first-gen first Firebirds are not a bad-looking car by any means. No, they're not a bad-looking car, um, but... Just other two, that's the only generation where, for me, Camaro wins over. Past that, I have to agree with you full-heartedly. I take the Pontiac version over. And I, after the first gen, I'll lean Pontiac with you. I'll, I'll lean pretty hard Pontiac with you. The only time when I think I'll stray away back over to the GM or the Chevrolet side, I really I love a 77 Trans Am, don't get me wrong. But now when you start getting into the 80s, like the 8081 when they went in that turbo yeah, trans am phase z28s looked great that was a, that's a gorgeous car yeah i mean like all i hear all i see is jordash jeans platform shoes and like john travolta yeah, but i love yeah, it some t-tops and oh man a perm yeah that was back <laughs> when performance sucked no matter what so strapping a turbo to a crap motor didn't really do anything for it um yeah, yeah. not really one to should be saying that um, <laughs> other than so, making so how's those daytona z's going <laughs> other than making it a whistling crap motor oh right that's that's messed up a little bit yeah you get the man with the station wagon talking trash richard I'm yeah, well yeah well i mean I'll, I'll put the z up against an 81 turbo trans am pretty much any day well those were like those were like four what 4.1 liter or uh, something 4.9 4.9 yeah yeah and uh yeah, they, that's a had a good, I think, 170, 180 horsepower, and they're pulling, you know, a 3,600, 3,700 pound car. Uh, I think my money be on the Z car at that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stock for stock, I'm pretty sure I got that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I would take that 230 horse 350Z any day of the week. I don't think they were quite 230 horse, though, were No, they? they weren't. They, they weren't over 200. I mean, uh, by the time the 80s rolled around um i could be mistaken if i am it's not by much i don't think there was 200 horsepower camaro until he started getting into the tpis that's crazy that's insane you know in the 70s though i mean we skipped over some really good ones uh how about like your 74 super dudes you know, like you were talking about the 74 gto that was a good looking car it was it was it they know. took a car that's really not that good looking in a stripe package and some and some color color matching and it really made a good looking car out of it like, I tell you, I, I tell you uh, another car I like out of the seventies in Pontiac's realm, and I, it's killing me because I can't think of the name off the top of my head. But it's the Nova. Oh, that's the that's what the seventy four GTO is based on. Yeah. Uh, what was the, it was uh, a crap? Um, like a Valora or Ventura. 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 Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, it's not Laura. Uh, Ventura, the the Pontiac Ventura. Pontiac I thought those Ventura. were great looking cars. They, they did make a car. How about another one from the seventies? How about the Can Am? The Can-Am is absolutely awesome. Can-Am still had a 400, had a good-looking sticker package, had the hood. Had the shaker hood on it. Well, I mean, this is like you took Grant. It's like you took, I'm trying to think. It's like Mario Andretti and your grandma made a car. <laughs> you made the Can-Am. Uh, throw in a little Trans-Am flavor to it. Another cool thing about Pontiac, so it's like, say you got your 74 GTO, you can pull that 350 Pontiac out, and a 455 Super Duty will occupy the same space. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, and it fixes the problem. Yeah, problem solved. Or if you really want to fix the problem all the way around, you know what else will go in that space? LS. I n <laughs> Listen, Justin Bieber, if I wanted something out of you, I'd throw a flat bill hat and hit you with it. A nice small block Chevrolet. I, I was just trying to make it run good. Or maybe a 454. Oh, no. 
Ellis. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I cannot support that. We're, I can't. I, uh, that's to me. We were at uh, Caffeine and Octane, wasn't it? and the guy that had the really nice Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Remember? And it was looking there, but he noticed on the side of his hood, it didn't say 6.6 liter anymore. It mm-hmm. said 5.7 liter. He fixed the problem. Uh, he no, did. He, he didn't. 6.6 6 not a problem. He threw that six. He threw that four. He threw that four. Have you ever owned garbage. a six point six liter? Huh? Have you ever owned a six point six liter? I owned one. I've driven a couple. Let me tell you something. That's the most underrated, big for nothing powerhouse. It's a talking about Pontiac four hundred, not the Oldsmobile. It's the same motor. It's not the same motor. It's the exact it same motor. It's not the same. Motor. It's not the same motor though. They were both six six liter though. It's the exact same motor. They don't even share the same displacement. All right. All right, all right, all right. You two, we're going to take a commercial break. We'll let you guys fight outside, okay? Guys, stay tuned right here to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Or should I say Punches and Pontiacs? It was getting brutal in here for a second. All right, first off. Robert, first first thing, first thing I want to say. First, I want to clear this up. Hang on, hang on. And actually, actually. Can can I? Okay. I'll admit to being wrong here. The Oldsmobile 6.6 liter is a 403 versus the Pontiac 6.6 liter being the 400. Right. Okay. It takes a big man. It takes. Uh, <laughs> right. Secondly, let me add, those three cubic inches do not help with that underpowered piece of crap <laughs> nah, paperweight. If anything, they hurt it. Yeah. The, uh, all right. And I just got one LS question for you, Rod. Rod. I'll swap it. That's I got one question for you. How's it feel getting your ass kicked by one old man? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. But but this is the thing. I mean, and, you know, keep in mind in those years also, you both were kind of right. I, I hate to be like the Andy Griffith here and be like the, the peacekeeper. <laughs> but you had the Pontiac four hundred in your four speed cars, you had the four oh three in the automatic cars. That's, now that's true. That yeah. is all right. Yeah, that's why All it's right. not Pontiac 400. I feel like I'm straight in a fight out between Gomer and Barney right now. <laughs> I'm like, Barney. Just for the record, I'm Barney. You know, I know what Gomer was into. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> but, but, you know, but I mean, you know, the 70s were a very lukewarm time for horsepower. Yeah, think about it. When they actually. Lukewarm is being nice. Yes. It was lukewarm over in Dodge when they came out with the uh, little red. Express. Well, I mean, the thing you got to think about, though, is when Hal Needham filmed Smokey and the Bandit, they had to change the motor in the stunt car for the bridge jump because it wouldn't make it with a 403. Yeah, I believe you that. You couldn't project a Trans Am far enough <laughs> with a 403. I, I, I firmly believe that, actually. And so, I mean, so there's actually a local race shop in Georgia. That whole movie was filmed within an hour of Atlanta, Georgia. That entire movie was. Even the Texas scenes were still filmed in Georgia. But the thing that was crazy about it was, is they actually had a local engine shop swap the motor out <laughs> and put a, G, a Chevrolet drivetrain. All right, it was a small, it was a hot it's small, small block, block three, uh, three fifty. Yeah, well but built. it was a hot small block three fifty built, so the car would actually make the jump. Hell, Needham knew it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I drove this thing. It's kind of like a sack of turds. We don't so we're going Bert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and frog. <laughs> We're going to make two more of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> Bert wasn't even in the last one. That's what made it even worse. I, I like it. Well, he was tired of driving that underpowered piece of crap around. Well, he was riding around an 84 Trans Am then. That was, what was it, 80? 83. 83, yeah. Uh, one or the other. Yeah. 
Um, like I love. Don't get me wrong. I love Jerry Reed. God rest his soul. <laughs> but he's not the bandit. Okay. Talk about the dead. <laughs> I, I I don't want to be the one to talk about the dead. But I feel like somebody needs to talk about the dead. Jerry Reed should have stopped it too. I don't want to see yeah. Burt Reynolds driving a truck. No, <laughs> no, I don't want to see Burt Reynolds driving a truck. I don't want to see Jerry Reed driving a TA. But I'm gonna tell you what, though. In all seriousness, the '78 Pontiac Trans Am was probably the highlight of Pontiac's career. 77 78 were absolutely gorgeous cars. Yeah, they were, they were awesome. And, uh, they were hot cars. And, I mean, sales went up dramatically because of that one movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's insane. That's yeah. insane. They didn't have to be fast. No, that, well, you got to think about it. These 70s cars, they all sucked. Yeah. It didn't matter which brand you went with, so they sold on style. The best-selling <laughs> car. And I was actually talking to a guy. Actually, I was talking to a guy online about this. He was talking about how, how big a dog the late 70s and early 80s C3 vets were. He said, yeah, those were the slowest vets ever made. But they were also the best-selling vets ever made yeah. because they sold on style. Absolutely. 1979 was the best se- And I'll be honest with you, probably one of my least favorite years of Corvette. But it was the best-selling year of Corvette ever because it sold on style. Yeah, I'd rather have a bustle back or an 80 to 82 myself. I think 78 and 79 is kind of dog years. Yeah. Uh, the way to own a 78, in my opinion, is the pace car. That's yeah. the, that's the that and the silver anniversary one. The, yep. sil- the two-tone silver was decent. They're sharp. Um, But still the 82 collector's edition. Yeah. Those things are sexy. They, they even got a, a hatchback that opens. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right, you two calm down. I don't think Pontiac made a Corvette now. That's right. They knew better. <laughs> but anyway... The uh, so I mean you had these cars in the seventies so they were all kind of dogs but I, th- I tell you I love the ones in the seventies that slipped through the cracks like the seventy four Super Duty yeah which was the fastest car built at, at seventy three seventy four everything was Duty. insane was, Floyd I mean, Garrett's actually got one at the Floyd yeah. Garrett's a red one they were putting out three hundred and forty five net horsepower yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, that, that back in the quote unquote muscle car days, that would have been a four hundred fifty horsepower engine. Yeah, and and I mean, the thing is, how they got away with that, I still don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think I think they uh, followed this new uh, well, ter- coined phrase by the millennials, and they just sent it. Well, I don't think it's that. I think that you know, <laughs> this is a, along the time when like the U.S. started getting feeling like sympathetic about what they did to the Indians. So they left that one Pontiac slide. <laughs> you guys got a couple years. Like they called the EPA back, and be like, "Hey, hey, you sit down. Y'all well, go play." You know, Pontiac is after Ottawa Chief. So well, and I mean, and, I, and that's that, I mean, I really which is do. also why uh, Pontiac, Michigan was that was up. their reservation. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. And in 1932, if I'm not mistaken, Pontiac left Oakland to go to uh, Pontiac, Michigan, and that's where they were manufactured for their Ford. That's where they made Pontiacs. Yeah, after 32, they were they started in Oakland, or yeah, in Oakland. Hmm. Huh. Yes. You learned something new. Yeah, you learned something. I mean, I'm like, like I feel smarter now. I know. Interesting facts for a thousand on Pontiac. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but. <laughs> The uh, these uh these are some cool cars in the seventies. They were real stylish. Uh, I mean, they were then, like the four fifty five Transit. But then we're we're creeping into the eighties. Then the eighties, and and the eighties were hit or miss because yep. Pontiac performance wise, it was pretty much the Trans Am or nothing. Yep. Uh, there was one Pontiac well, that squeaked its days. way through the eighties, though, that has stand in everybody's heart. And I think Richard knows which one I'm talking about. I've got an idea. Was it late eighties? Yeah. See, we, we're, we're, getting, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves now. We're we? forgetting. We're going to have to mention one. it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but we're talking about the early eighties. That's right. We're not there yet. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Michael Knight. 
I'm going to tell you something. That was the baddest Trans Am ever. I will put uh, it, it's, it's pretty good. I, I grew up on Knight Rider. So, I mean, it was just, there's something about a car that talked to you. Well, I mean, it was it was raining yesterday, and I remember thinking, man, I wish I could be like, car, come get me. Kit. That would be so cool, though. I mean, I would like to have a car that I could have a conversation with. Do you remember Evil Kit? I think it was oh, called Car. Yeah, it was called Car. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Knight Industries 2000, and this was like the Brand X 2000 car was. But, but I mean, it was cool. It had the green light yeah. in the front. Yeah, I think it was red. Was it a red one on car, too? Kit was red. car was green. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Green, and the, and the yeah. kit, kit was, was red. red. Yeah. But, I mean, that was just cool. And driving in and out of the tra- the truck and trailer. Yeah, that's that's, that's neat. Yeah, that was... I bet a lot of our show car buddies know, wish they could do that. Every, yeah, time, really. every time I see, like, one of the dun, ramp dun, trucks dun, dun, that carry about five I have five a hard six. time driving a car to a trailer that's sitting still. <laughs> every time I see one of those ramp trucks going down the road, I was like, if he'd just lower it down, I'm pretty sure I could do it. I'm pretty sure I could. Everybody's thought that. But I mean, that thing was so cool, though. I mean, that was that was just the neatest thing ever. Well, the steering, the interior on the car is amazing. It, you know, if you ever get to see a replica of it out and about, the steering wheel, the way it's hacked up and there's, all that. There's one in Greenville. Is there? Yeah, and like, the dude drives it. <laughs> Why um, not? But, and it looks almost right, except it's got some like saw blade mags on it, and it's what? got the gold at the bottom. But it's got the front end, and it's got the interior. That's crazy. I don't know why you wouldn't finish finish, finish yeah, it all out the rest yeah. of the way. And I love the black wheels. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was the first murdered out car if you yeah. think about it. And those oh, yeah. wheels, Kit had, was a trendsetter. Those wheels are actually uh, turbo fin aluminum wheels that had bolt on caps. Exactly. That is so cool. Though. Yeah, they're actually they're like cheap wheels on it, really. Well, I mean, it's just a factory wheel with yeah. just a custom cap on it. Very, very cool. I tell you what's not cool. These darn commercial breaks, man. Well, they we get them. all excited talking about all these cool Pontiacs. I'm talking Knight Rider over here. I'm about to break, break up my Knight Rider lunchbox. And then what do we you got? Have, hold on. You have a Knight Rider <laughs> lunchbox? I think we need to talk about that for a minute. We ain't got time because we got to take a commercial break. All right. You got saved on this one. That's right, guys. Stay tuned. We're talking Pontiacs right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 1063 WORD. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.